Canaan, I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, June 20th, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. Uh, we're shooting for a different kind of enlightenment here. We kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do prayers and buffalo speeches. We don't do spirituality shows. Uh, we take a tough look at history, oppression, survival. <clears throat> Uh, we talk about culture, politics, identity, and we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that's heaped upon us, and we do it all right here live from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind you that our uh, audio does stream live on our website. Uh, we were off last time, but we're on today. Uh, if, if you care to just listen to audio, you can go to our website, and you go, which is www.letstalknative.com. And you'll find a lot more than just a, an audio stream there, but you will find a live audio stream there. Um, we stream live video of the show via Facebook Live on our Facebook group pages, and it is shared uh, across a, a bunch of other group pages as well. We take the audio we put up on SoundCloud, which uh, puts it out as a podcast to all your favorite podcast platforms. We take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. Um, so I encourage you to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and you can catch all of our shows. And on YouTube, you can catch some of our short-form videos as well. Uh, I'm the show's host and producer. I'm joined here in, in studio by Jake Proud, who's managing our audio and our video. Uh, let's get into it. Well, tomorrow, or yesterday, was was Juneteenth. Uh, it was June 19th, which is the day um, that is celebrated uh, pretty broadly. I mean, and a lot of states are, are talking about um, uh, turning it into, into at least state holidays. I don't know, under this administration or even with Republicans in control of uh, the Senate, <clears throat> if you see any kind of joint resolution of Congress that'll turn it into a national holiday. But uh, it is celebrated in a bunch of states, and, and New York is making a commitment to make it uh, a state holiday next year, I guess. Um, it is the celebration, which started primarily amongst uh, black people, to celebrate what they kind of considered the the official end of, of slavery. And what... The, what June 19th marks is uh, June 19th of uh, 1865 when Union troops uh, finally pushed far enough south after uh, surrender the, the, um, the surrender of the south of the, of the Confederate Army and pushed south enough into, into the remoter areas of Texas including Galveston uh, Island which is you know very far down below below Houston anyway and um, and told uh, slaves that they were no longer uh, uh, in bondage and that they were they were free. Um, so and th- and I guess there was an actually an official um, there was an executive order of some sort uh, that that was calling for it uh, on that day. So it's it's a it's marked in history by um, the the last um, and, and it's not even technically the very last, but um, it, it it goes on record as being one of the last groups of. Uh, slaves who uh, were told, or people, enslaved people, I should say. I hate referring to 
um, people who were enslaved as slaves. Uh, uh, so I, I do it by mistake sometimes, but I, I try to catch myself. I, w- I was um, told one time by a listener that, that I shouldn't refer to those who have been enslaved as slaves. That's not their identity. And, and, and I, I take it to heart and I try to remember. But of course, Native people were still being enslaved in California a couple, uh, for several years after that. Um, so it, it is not entirely the, the end of slavery. But, but I want to be clear here. I think it's great to celebrate Juneteenth. And I'm not trying to take anything away from uh, a celebration uh, of the end of slavery. The issues that I have with it is uh, the heroizing Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Because as many of you know who watch this show, I have some serious issues with Abraham Lincoln, not the least of which was him signing the largest mass execution in the history of the United States, which coincidentally... (laughs) And I don't know if it's really a coincidence, but um, that execution took place a week before his Emancipation Proclamation. His Emancipation Proclamation was in January of 1863. The execution took place the day after Christmas in 1862. The execution that he signed the order. And I look, there's a lot of apologists out there, Lincoln apologists, who want to say, yeah, but um, they had sent, you know, the, the, the military corps had sentenced 303 people to uh, to to be to death and Lincoln only signed the execution order for for 30 he actually signed it for 39 but they only executed 38 um on that day uh and some people want to talk suggest that was some sort of compassionate thing I mean look if you're signing the an executive order or or an, an execution order knowing that the whole trial was a scam a sham the whole thing uh it doesn't matter that you reduced it doesn't matter that you reduce the number from 300 to 38. If you, what you did was wrong, it, I, I realize that you, if you're, when you charge somebody with, with murder, you, know, you can list all the counts of murder. But one murder is bad. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that 300 murders would, uh, execution would have been bad. It would have been. But to, to somehow praise Lincoln for reducing them, not, the number down to 38... Um, is false praise. And I, I heard some people, you know, uh, said, well, he commuted their sentence. Well, commutation is a funny word because when people hear something about a sentence being commuted, they assume that means that they were, what, released or had their sentence reduced. Well, yes, they did have their sentence reduced. Instead of being executed the day after Christmas in 1862, they, the rest of them, died in prison. And the conditions in prison were such that it probably didn't take that long for most of these folks to die. Uh, so they had their um, execution prolonged by an absolute horrid, you know, again, people talk about uh, Vietnamese prison camps and that kind of stuff. Well, that's what this was. And, the, of course, the irony here is that Lincoln signs the Homestead Act in the beginning of 1862, which opens up all of this land for white settlement uh, against the wishes of Native people, and the Dakota in particular. They um, took huge portions of land, or parcels of land, away from the sustenance of the Dakota people. And the payments, which was supposed to not only be provisions, but, but, but money, um, some of it never came, and 
and it, the delay in payments, of course, there was a civil war going on at the same time, right? There's, 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 <laughs> it's a low priority. I mean, expanding white settlement is a priority, but paying for it was a lower priority. So almost naturally or obviously native people raided the settlements and that's what they were charged with. And, and that, and they, and that's why 300, over 300 were charged, uh, in this military tribunal, uh, with very, very scant evidence. And it was like over 300 people charged and, and the, and the trials took, you know, a, a week or so. <laughs> I mean, they just railroaded them through and the evidence was, was sketchy at best. It would be, you know, some people who were just giving hearsay and they said that, you know, about who was involved and that kind of thing. I mean, it was, it was pretty terrible and everybody knew it. Um, so Lincoln signs that execution order, largest mass execution in the history of the United States. And that execution takes place the day after Christmas. All the fine people of Mankato, Minnesota came out and there were hundreds of people that came out. I mean, and, and it's not really pleasant in Minnesota in December. I mean, I don't know uh, the, the, the lithographs, the, the, the sketches of the thing make it sound like it was almost like a, just a pleasant autumn day. I don't know about, you know, December 26th in Minnesota, Mankato, Minnesota, it had to be pretty miserable. In fact, when they reenact the, the um, uh, they take a, a, horse, a bunch of these guys do the Dakota 38 run uh, or ride. They ride horses um, the entire way that, that these uh, Native people were, were marched, I, I guess, for this, for this trial and, and uh, ultimate execution. And the weather's unbearable. But um, so anyway, the good people of Mankato, Minnesota, come out for a, uh, a, a part of their Christmas celebration was, yeah, open gifts and have dinner on Christmas Day. And the next day they don't they didn't have football games. So I guess they could go for their entertainment. They could go watch the, a mass execution in their town square. Well, uh, that's that's what happened. A week later, Lincoln stands up in Washington, giving, you know, making his Emancipation Proclamation, which that too isn't all that it seems it's it's mostly geared towards trying to get the the southern slaves to revolt or the or the enslaved to revolt um because it doesn't actually end slavery in all states just in the in the in the states that that have seceded so it's it's not quite what people make it out to be and i know look a few years back, I, they they took the um, original uh, signed Emancipation Proclamation uh, out of the archives and they put it under glass and they put it on display. And there were people, black people, lined up for blocks in Washington to, to lay their eyes on this document. And because it's... Uh, look, I, I'm not saying that it's not a significant part of history, but to praise Abraham Lincoln is still something that that I have I have some significant trouble with. So again, this is not to take anything away from Juneteenth. Um Juneteenth is and and the way it has been turned into such a significant part of black culture um is um it's it's really noteworthy. I mean and uh and and it is significant. Um it should be noted that the um the, the date that is commemorated, the uh, June nineteenth, eighteen sixty-five, was actually five months or, or a couple of months. I'm sorry. Um, uh, after uh, after Lincoln's uh, assassination, so 
Lincoln wasn't even alive um, on the day that they're actually celebrating, in which, I mean, is neither here nor there. It's just, it's just a matter of fact, I guess. It's also interesting that in 1865, you come around to November, and in November, um, two more of the Dakota would be executed on even, on even slimmer um, evidence. And this is um, Medicine Bottle and Little Six. These are two, these are two chiefs, <clears throat> Dakota chiefs, that were, had fled and they'd gone to, to Canada. And then some, some Canadian guy who pretended to be their friend and actually drugged them. <laughs> it, it's kind of a, it's, it's an intriguing story, but, uh, you know, invited them to drink some booze and then they, and spiked their, their booze. Talk about roofies, right? Uh, spiked their booze so they could be <clears throat> taken into custody and, uh, um, extradited. If that was even a word back then, I don't know, <clears throat> extradited back to uh, the United States to be hanged. Um, at Fort Snelling, I guess it was. So um, that's you know the 1865. That's that. That's that whole era. And of course, everybody knows that the um, emancipation or in the ending of slavery uh, certainly didn't. Um, it didn't fix things, right? I mean, you had the, what they call the Reconstruction era that would be almost completely dashed by uh, you know by by Jim Crow and, and and the racism that would prevail um, you know one of the reasons you know the main reason that that Lincoln was assassinated was uh, was because of you know because of his emancipation proclamation and 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 conversations that he was saying about how some Negro men the intelligent ones and the ones who served in the war should be allowed to vote I mean he, he wasn't for a second, suggesting that all black men should be able to vote, and certainly not even suggesting that black women should vote. Um, and uh, there's some, there were, I mean, there's there's some evidence that suggests that that John Wilkes Booth said that that would be the last speech that uh, that Lincoln would ever give when we talked about letting some black people vote. Um, so clearly, they weren't, you know, becoming full citizens. I mean, and and of course, I don't know to this day if by uh, judging by treatment um that anything other than white people are considered full full citizens of the united states um and i'm not asking to be i'm just i'm just saying so i mean the the history that would occur um in at the turn of the century between the the 19th and 20th century the amount of massacres that would occur um even as the as the so-called Indian, the, the native massacres were ending. The massacres against black people would, would continue. Um, and I don't want to say culminating, but one of the more historic uh, massacres that, that occurred was in Tulsa, uh, Greenwood, uh, otherwise known as the Black, black Wall Street. Um, and, you know, it, it's sometimes hard to fully capture how ignorant Donald Trump is. But Donald Trump he's doing a rally tonight and my hopefully it's probably over by now um and i not even get into his what occurred today with him but um he originally wanted to do this rally in tulsa on uh on yesterday on, on juneteenth completely ignoring the history that still very few people are fully aware of the of the tulsa riots or any of the riots, the Memphis riots, the New York riots, the Chicago riots. I mean, these were every 
you know, every major city had backlash. Even, you know, again, even in the North, I mean, let's not pretend that the racism only existed in the South. Even in the North, where, where black people were being um, basically murdered at the hands of white, white people with no prosecution. The Tulsa riot, and that, I don't even know why they call it a riot. It was just a, it was just a, 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 it was a mass murder that had a whole lot of people participating in it. And of course, even while the Tulsa riots, the, the, this, this destruction of Greenwood would happen, 50 miles away in Osage territory, there was a decade-long um, killing spree that ranged from store clerks to bankers to morticians and doctors and lawyers um, uh, that were killing the Osage for the oil money. I mean, it, it just... So when I hear people <laughs> say things like, make America great again, or... Um, the good old days or, or whatever else it's like i don't know when those days were but i'll tell you you can look back on every day in american history and just shake your head and say i can't believe that stuff actually happened and and it does it did it does and it continues so um i don't know so donald trump decides that that he wants to launch relaunch of his first public in, in the midst of a COVID, you know, a pandemic, he wants to go out to Tulsa on Juneteenth, a day, I mean, talk about just rubbing it in the face of black people. I mean, clearly there's, there, in, modern, in, a, in, a, in the modern era, there has never been a racist president, or president as racist as Donald Trump. And the, you know, and the ridiculous things that he says, the asinine things that he says. I mean, there's never been a president in the modern era as racist as Donald Trump. Or maybe they're all, I mean, they, they, I mean, I guess they're all somewhat racist, right? But, um, but so flamboyantly public about his racism. Let's, let's put it that way. I mean, uh, so the, it would make sense that he would pick Tulsa to, you know, to try to do this thing. Now, keep in mind that Oklahoma has had a significant uptick in its number of COVID cases. In fact, six of Trump's uh, campaign staff aides um, tested positive. So this is going to be interesting to see what comes out of putting, I don't know, if it's, I think the, the, the arena that he was having this thing in can only hold like 19,000 people. So, but almost 20,000 people. And who knows how many people are gathered outside that, that want in or are going to be looking at it on some sort of out, uh, exterior screens. Who knows? Um, of course, you're not going to have all these people show up to a Trump rally without having a fair number of people that are uh, in the area of Tulsa, you know, probably raising hell too. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what this, I mean, they've, they've talked about super spreader events and a lot of times they're, they're associated with things like church gatherings and, you know, any kind of public gathering where you bring a, po- a bunch of people together, but it's been really linked strongly to a lot of religious um, group worship. Well, that's what's happening. This happening tonight was this is group worship. This is you know people worshiping Donald Trump, and considering six of his Tulsa aides already uh, tested positive, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, I also want to juxtapose that comment because there was a sense that there was going to be this huge uptick because of the protests associated with you know not just black lives matter but in the wake of uh you know george floyd's death and and uh and, and several other issues um but there's no evidence of it um the, in none of the cities where there were major protests 
have those cities, including New York, have they experienced an uptick in uh, in COVID cases at, uh, following uh, in the you know the appropriate number of days um, uh, of protesting? So, I mean, and clearly many many people protesting are wearing masks, and and as hectic and chaotic as a lot of that seems, there hasn't. It's not the same thing as going into a building. Uh, the air has a has a tendency, you know, the fresh air, wind, you know, weather uh, dissipates the um, the ability for for the virus to carry through the air. Um, and so there hasn't been an uptick. There hasn't been an uptick based on the 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 protests or the riots or or whatever anybody else is is calling them, I guess. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this is going. Now, on the COVID note. Um, California passed New Jersey for the uh, for the number two and the number of states. Of course, New York is still head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, California just passed New Jersey as a state with the uh, the second highest number of cases. Uh, then California, Florida, and Texas they're logging you know over four thousand cases, uh, new cases per day. Uh, so those are considered the, the hot zones, but but you know Arizona's not far behind. I mean, there it's it's coming in around three thousand um, states. You might not expect like North Carolina and South Carolina are coming in between a thousand and uh, two thousand uh, uh, per day. Um, in general, um, the curve is no longer going down. It's it's gone back up. Now this is for a number of cases. The death rate seems to be lowering, and and this probably has to do with the fact that. The initial tests were only testing people who were very sick. Now, more and more people who um, are relatively symptom-free or being tested for other reasons um, are being tested, and uh, and and they're they're either asymptomatic or mildly uh, symptomatic. So they are. It isn't leading to the death um, based on those numbers. So, um, and of course, I, I you, you can't escape the fact that. A large number of the um, deaths associated with COVID-19 were nur- nursing home deaths and extended care facilities, which is, to me, absurd. I, I don't know if there was ever a population that should have been, should they should have been able to protect. It should have been the people that that were in nursing homes, and uh, and that's an utter failure on all states, including you know uh, New York State. All people want to praise. I don't understand the, the false praise that, that Andrew Cuomo gets. I mean, New York has has had more cases and more deaths than most countries. Only only two other countries uh, have had more deaths. Other than the United States, um, obviously, than than New York, the New York State. I mean, it's it's a it's, it's absurd praise that Cuomo gets. Now, granted, the numbers are are coming down, you know, fairly significantly. Sometimes almost too significantly. I mean, I saw it today they posted only 15 deaths for the day. I I, I, I got to tell you, that's an unbelievable number. I mean, considering New York had eight, you know was posting again over 800 uh, cases new cases for the day and some of their new cases over the last few days are still pretty high i still find it a little hard to believe that they've got a death uh, their 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 numbers are, are down into you know teens but you know i hope that's true i hope it's true but um i'm i'm pretty cynical um all right hey we're pretty much at the bottom of the hour uh 
I do want to say I apologize for us getting a little bit of late start. We are we are still kicking with some new technology that we're we're getting the bugs out of. <laughs> but uh, we do we're still giving you the hour show. Uh, but we're gonna take a break here at the bottom of the hour. Come back. I got a few other things to to bring up. Uh, Father's Day tomorrow. Summer solstice the day after that. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about some other things as well. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. I want to give a shout out to my sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, the folks at Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply, and um, and some of you friends that I have that uh, that step up. And I'm not saying the businesses aren't my friends, but I, I'm individuals who just. Um, you know, cut a check or, you know, sometimes throw a few dollars of cash in, a, in an envelope and put it in the mail. We do, we do appreciate it. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we are upgrading some of our abilities to do um, more things with the show, add cameras and stuff like that. And we're getting at it little by little. We have to, you got to kind of build the foundation first. But every, everybody who makes a contribution to the show helps us grow out our capability a little bit. So I, I appreciate it. I also want to thank all of you who share the program. Um, and you know, and all of you share the the memes that I post too. I mean, I know that um, I'm that the Juneteenth meme that I put out there where I mentioned the um, uh, Lincoln's execution order uh, that got pretty widely uh, widely shared. And, and of course, you know, I posted a picture of me at the at the Columbus statue protest. And 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 all of you who share the the pics, the the memes, the shows, um, uh, the links, I, I I appreciate it. And and those of you who add things to our group pages, um, uh, again, I appreciate your your contributions to what we're trying to do here. Um, the the statue issue is 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 kind of really heating up, and it's not just about Columbus. You know, it, you know, it was again. I'm very appreciative that not only this. Uh, movement that was born out of black lives matter and uh response to you know unarmed black men and and native people for that matter being killed by police uh it it almost merged with the uh, with the effort to um uh, to take down confederate statues you know the all of these confederate generals and you know uh where the confederate flag could fly and 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 so many of these these other things but the other statues that have been getting a lot of attention have been Christopher Columbus, Unipero Serra, uh, who um, was a uh, a guy the Catholic Church just, just made a saint in their last go-around. Um, so watching these statues either be toppled or, um, you know, city councils or whatever making a decision to remove them... Um, it's it's pretty impressive. I you know again it's been it's been something to watch. I know there was also um, some other monuments that um, that are pretty racist. You know the, a couple of conquistadors. You know other things. Look, I heard a few people suggest. I mean, I saw this really really terrible. I don't know what city it's in. Um, Lincoln statue where he looks like he's petting um, a black man. You know. 
uh, an enslaved black man or, or, or a recently freed one or something like that. And, and it's, it is really the most humiliating statue um, you, could, you can imagine. It is among the most racist statues that are there. I mean, it's literally got Lincoln with his hand on, like, like he's petting a black man. I mean, it's, who ever thinks this stuff is a good idea? I, I'll, I'll never, I'll never understand it. It's, it's almost as bad as the, uh, uh, the Theodore Roosevelt statue down in front of the uh, New York's um, uh, uh, Museum of Natural History. What, what city is that one in? It's in the Capitol neighborhood of Washington D.C. Oh, it's in, it's in D.C. Uh, you know, and, and here's the other one that, that I like. Um, you know, the, some of the debate, and I and I hear this on. Um, on NPR when they're talking about some of the stuff and they're, and they're talking about, well, the removal of these, uh, these Confederate uh, these monuments, where do you stop? And they says, you know, do we, uh, do we no longer have statues of George Washington um, or Thomas Jefferson because they had slaves? Do we, do we have to think about changing the name of the nation's capital because you know, Washington had slaves? You know, <laughs> changing the name of the nation's capital is not just about Washington. It's, it's District of Columbia. So it's got like the double whammy. It's got the, the you know, the, uh, the, the founder of, Amer- of the American genocide in, in the D.C. part, and it's got, um, you know, a slaveholder in, in, Washington, in Washington himself. So, I don't know. Is it a terrible thing to, um, uh, you know, to, to want some of these things to change? I don't know. It's funny that you, I see Jake, you pull up that picture. The one picture, the one angle, it literally looks like he's petting him, but, but that's not really what, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I watch, I'm seeing Jake over in, in the corner here pull up the video and uh, man, these things are terrible. Oh, he's posting it up on, <laughs> on the screen here. I mean, who in the right mind thinks these are good ideas and why not pull these things down? Uh, I don't know. So, I don't know the the statue is there, and, and then I hear people say, "Well, stop living in the past." Well, you know, then get rid of the freaking statues. If you want to get, if you want to stop living in the past, when I wear my "Get Over It" shirt, I'm saying you get over yourselves. I mean, get get rid of these statues. There's nothing that is more symbolic of a false narrative of history or revisionist history than the, these these monuments to 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 um to narcissism that are represented in these in these statues so hey get rid of them all all right hey um i also want to mention uh, tomorrow's father's day uh i usually you know go out of my way to mention um not just because i'm a father and a grandfather but look it is one thing to um uh to impregnate somebody and get get a woman pregnant it's another thing to be a father and uh, I I have to say that I I know that there's a lot of women who have to raise children by themselves because of either deadbeat dads or and I, one of my daughters lost her husband to to cancer so I know what a struggle it is to 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 be a single mom raising raising children and um and oftentimes there are men who do step up who are not the fathers but they become fathers and I want to you know give a you know uh, a thanks to to the men who step up um, and help you know single mothers with their with their children, um, and of course, look there there are many of us who do what we're supposed to do as fathers, and we we fulfill our obligation not just our obligation but we fulfill the opportunity to um, to be impactful on on the lives of children or grandchildren or whatever else and. 
Um, you don't need my thanks. If, if you're doing the right thing, you're getting your reward already. You don't need my thanks to, um, you, know, you, you just don't need my thanks. But, but I, I'm still grateful nonetheless. So, um, again, you know, to by the time I get out of here, it'll actually probably be midnight and it'll be, uh, it'll be beginning of Father's Day. So, you know, I hope people enjoy the day. My daughter's birthday is also tomorrow, so I'll give a happy birthday to Jessica. Um, uh, her birthday's tomorrow. And, of course, summer solstice. Uh, it is a strange year. 2020 will go in the books as one of the most peculiar years. I mean, everything, impeachment of a president, uh, um, COVID-19, shutting down an economy, so many things that that just show you um, how weak and how vulnerable um, not just life is, but the life as you know it and, and including in places like the United States where you know we're buying stuff and cons- consumption is the order of the day uh, it's um it's truly a strange year and to go into a summertime when it, it is uh, supposed to be you know summer it's almost uh, the, the season of celebration right but uh and that's going to be problematic and we're, like I said earlier um, the uptick in the number of cases is is it's out, it's already pretty significant, and I don't see it changing. And and state after state after state has suggested that even if there is a uptick, they don't plan to shut things down again. Now, and I'm not even saying that's a, I don't know what the right answer is. I know early on part of the right answer was to was certainly to secure the the health and well being of uh, of anybody over sixty five, which was an utter failure by by every state, including New York State. Um, and so going forward, as as these numbers start to rise, and and they're rising, even even in New York, I mean the, the death number the death toll isn't rising, but the number of cases has been. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this this summer plays out. There, I mean, I, I think the idea of being outside is a good thing, but there's still, I mean, look, the casinos are opening up. I mean, uh, movie theaters are opening up. All of these places, I mean, group worship is going to, you know, is, is starting to open up. Restaurants are opening up. So all these indoor spaces, which is where um, aerosol virus, I mean, uh, you know, the droplets that we breathe out, um, uh, carry farther. And they... You know, and they get they get carried by heating systems, and and you're in closer proximity to other people. You don't have the the luxury of fresh air uh, dispersing you know, um, you know, airborne airborne viruses. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how this this summer plays out. I know um, the the rates of infection have not dropped uh, nearly as much as what people thought they would. Although it does it does appear as the the death rates are dropping. So, but that's here globally i mean like brazil uh passed the the one million case mark um and for all those people who are thinking wow that's awful high well united states is 2.3 million cases and united states is bigger than brazil but it ain't twice as big as brazil and when i say big i mean population i united states is 330 million and brazil has uh, 212 million um you know, somebody also mentioned. Well, isn't Brazil a lot smaller though in terms of geography? No, it's not. It, it is smaller, but it's not a lot smaller. It's interesting. 
uh, as an aside, I saw another video that talked about maps. And you ever ever look at maps and you, you see, oftentimes the United States seems really large on the maps. Greenland seems really large on the maps. It's because the Northern Hemisphere is always inflated yeah, in a lot of the maps, um, even if you look on your phone, um, you go to MapQuest or on your phone, you'll see they've got Alaska looking like it's almost half the size of the of the United States, and and it's not that big. Greenland looks bigger than South America. You can fit nine Greenlands inside South America. I mean, Greenland's not as big as uh, you know as Brazil, but if you look at some of these maps, I mean, Europe is huge compared to Africa. Everything in the southern hemisphere has been shrunken down, and everything in the northern hemisphere has been been inflated. Um, is that racist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, it's it's a bar- It's what continues to um, support the stereotypes, right? And 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 who matters and who doesn't matter. And yeah, so it's 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 just interesting. Anyway, uh, take a closer look. And if you look at these maps and you see this, what seems like a massive size of a country. Then look and, and see what the square mileage of a, of, of a given country is. I think um, I think the United States is like three point seven million square miles, and Brazil is like three point three. I mean, it's not that much smaller. I mean, I'm, my numbers might be a little off, but it's but but I'm close here. But um, but you no, know, it's 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 interesting to see how perception and and how some so much is embedded in the way we teach. Not just children. And, of course, kids learn a lot about maps, right? That's it's one of the things that social studies deals with is geography. But adults are the same way. I mean, we're looking at these maps and, and we're believing what we're seeing because, look, it's a document. It can't be off. Well, but it is. And, and I think there's so much. I mean, when we talk about Juneteenth, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't even know what that is and, and, or why it is. Well, how is it that we are this far along? When there's so much access to information that things like Juneteenth, things like the Tulsa riots, the, the Tulsa massacre, uh, Mankato, Minnesota, um, residential schools, there's so much that people just don't know. And then you have a certain segment of the population who says, I don't want to know. That's in the past and it doesn't matter. But they'll also defend the same people who say none of that stuff matters because it's in the past will defend monuments, Confederate monuments. I mean, uh, I mean Andrew Cuomo, and, and, and I know I mentioned this a few times in the show, but I, I got to mention it again. He was openly condemning Confederate monuments and yet still supporting Columbus monuments. And the argument that he's making for supporting Columbus monuments was that, well, Columbus has become, not that he is, or, or that he should be, or that he was. And he acknowledges some of the the terrible history associated with Columbus, but he says, but he's become a symbol of Italian-American heritage. Well, it's the same freaking thing the people in the South say. Well, the, no, we realize that there was slavery, you know, that slavery was a bad thing. Yeah, sure we do. And But, but these, our Confederate flag, uh, statues of Robert E. Lee and all these Confederate generals, no, that's about celebrating Southern pride and Southern heritage. No, it isn't. I mean, a monument to, to Christopher Columbus validates um, him as a, as a human being, even though there's so much that says that he, that he shouldn't be. 
Well, it's the same thing with any Confederate monuments. I mean, Robert E. Lee was, was, a, was an overt racist. I mean, and there's no question about that. I mean, and, and you know, people try to twist the story around and say, "Well, he wasn't really that much in he was he wasn't that much into slavery." Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And the, and slavery was the first and foremost reason for the Civil War. Now, getting back to the to the Mankato execution, they executed 38 people who were defending their right to live on lands that were unlawfully taken from them. And they were executed. They wanted to execute 300 of them. Not a single Confederate soldier was, uh, was executed for treason. Now, I'm not saying people didn't get locked up, and they did, but, but pretty much every, all the sins of the South were forgiven. And yet we still got to like battle these, these, these monuments. I mean, when I look at the way not just Lincoln... But but other presidents, how much they catered to the South. Half a million people were killed in the in the Civil War. Half a million, and no Confederate generals, no Confederate soldiers had had other than the ones who lost their lives in, in the stupid battle in the first place. Nobody was charged with treason, and they all should have been. Every one of those generals that they want to build these monuments to. Should have been charged with treason. And you know what? <laughs> as far as Columbus goes, <laughs> jumping back to that character, some of the things that he did, I mean, the very connection between the Catholic Church and the Doctrine of Christian Discovery and Christopher Columbus, if the church was worth anything, they would have thrown him out. The church would have excommunicated him and they would have, you know, you know, taken away his Catholic uh, you know, card or whatever the hell they do. I don't know, his rosaries, I guess. But... You know, again, it's the hypocrisy of it all, and it's on the right, it's on the left. It um, we see it, we see it all over. I mean, it's um, for those of you who might be following it. Um, uh, I don't know if Joe Biden's going to beat uh, Donald Trump in the election. He probably will because Trump is a, is a, is really a moron. And and as although there are millions of people that support him, I don't know if it's millions enough. But interestingly, uh, Amy Klobuchar, who is um, a senator from Minnesota, you know, where all this, uh, this, all this rioting started from, from Minnesota, uh, cops killing black people. Um, she was running for president and she was on the short list as a as potential for a VP and she decided to withdraw her name, but then, um, tried to use this whole black lives matter thing and say, basically saying in this moment that, um, that Joe Biden needs to pick a black woman. It's like, well, who the freak are you to be saying this? I mean, you, I mean, she is like, you know, she embodies white womanhood um, and white privilege and all that. And so now she's going to use her white privilege, you know, for this. I'm not even sure that's a, that's a good idea. I mean, because of the, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Kamala Harris, um, Stacey Abrams, I don't know. Some of these people, I think, you know, sold their soul a little bit. And it's not because they're black, but, but I also don't think somebody should be appointed in that position simply because they're black. I, there are, there's some great black candidates, but, but Amy Klobuchar waited, and she basically said that you know, Joe Biden needs to nominate a black woman in that position. A white woman saying this. So I, I, I don't know. I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, so I, I, I do want to, you know, uh, 
get back to the to the Juneteenth thing because I know some people were uh, a little taken by my comment about the execution, and I'm not trying to steal any thunder away from this from Juneteenth expanding as a holiday from state to state. I don't want to take anything away from a, a culture that has developed around Juneteenth, and there's a, there's a lot of things that I mean that that have been celebrated and ways it's been celebrated um, that most you know, frankly, non-black people are completely unaware of and and increasingly are becoming more aware of it. Like I said, history is a strange thing because um, the people who write history and uh, write the history books and history curriculum leave a lot of stuff out. So it's on us to create our own culture around uh, historical events. And even though uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and the... And the uh, and the emancipation of slaves and the ending of slavery um, is a checkered part of history. I think ending it is worth celebrating. But I think to suggest that, you know, that, that Lincoln is a hero is something that I'm, I'm still troubled by. And um, I mean, I don't know. If, if somebody jams two sticks in your eye and they pull one out, I don't know the person that pulled the, the stick out especially if he's the one of the ones who's jammed it in there in the first place, it, it should be thanked for that. Um, so I, I just, I'm, I'm really somewhat cautious on, or cynical or, se- or skeptical, I guess, on uh, heaping praise. And when I think about, again, Jefferson, uh, Washington, Lincoln, uh, I mean, these people and what they've been praised for and how, how tainted their histories are. Uh, you know, I mean, Jefferson was not just a slave holder. He, I mean, he used one of his slaves as a sex slave for all intent. He had children with his, with his, with his slave and his children were slaves. They were house Negroes. So they had better jobs than the, than the field Negroes, but they were still slaves. I mean, I think he sent uh, I, I, one account I read said he sent one of his um, uh, slave children to France, I think, to study uh, culinary art, so he could basically, so he could cook better for him. I guess I don't know. I mean, it's it's twisted in in so many different ways here, um, and and the fact that today we still have a disproportionate number of black people and native people killed by police, a disproportionate of uh, black people and, and native people and brown people in prison. Um, we have a disproportionate of uh, um, Affluence, uh, the income gap is is huge. Um, the conditions, the the quality of life that most people, non-white people, uh, live uh, is 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 deplorable compared to what what white white people experience. And and again, I'm not saying there aren't white people who struggle; they do. But here's the thing: you're not struggling because you're white, and you can look at across the board, whether you're brown, whether you're native, whether you're black, you know that the system has been um, built against you and that you are starting the the race of life significantly handicapped and there are obstacles every step along the way that are going to keep you from achieving um, you know, your uh, pursuit of, of, of happiness. And I don't, it's not to say that we're not happy and that we're not, that we... You know that we don't enjoy our lives and that kind of thing, but 
and and again, I don't want to be like white people. So I mean, I, I but the the systems. I mean, I, I saw somebody post. They say, you know, you know, black people, uh, black cops uh, are uh, likely to, you know, to, to kill an unarmed black man too. I said, yeah, uh, yes, and I, that's where I cite the doll test. But I also need to make it clear: the systems are loaded with racism, are influenced by. That's why they call it systemic racism. And 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 it's almost redundant to call it that because racism is a system. Racism is where you have a power base that is uh, that a specific um, identified race of people, white people, uh, have control over everybody. Every, uh, you know, they they look at everybody else as beneath them. And look, you can hear it in in the any speaking engagement that you ever hear from Donald Trump. You can hear it in his words. You can hear it in Joe Biden's words. You can hear it in Hillary Clinton's words. You can hear it in, in Andrew Cuomo's words. It it is so embedded in being raised as a white person in your in the household, and of course it's it's in the media, it's in the schools, it's again it's in, in it's on all things not only that they teach but all things that they don't teach, and and what they teach is oftentimes skewed, if not outright wrong. I mean, I, I mentioned the, you know the um, the occasion of teaching about Rosa Parks, and ignoring the fact that she came from an activist family, and suggesting that the only reason she sat at the front of the bus was because she was tired because she worked so hard. I mean, like she's an like she was an accidental activist. No, that's that's not it. I mean, there are people who's who committed their lives to taking a stand, and sometimes taking a stand is taking a seat sometimes taking a stand is taking a knee and when people say try to twist it around why they sat or why they knelt or or why they you know marched or why they didn't march or you know uh, in the case of Muhammad Ali I mean to, to twist it around and to make it into something that it's not is again revisionist history and to all those people who will say we shouldn't even bring this stuff up. It's in the past. Well, I mean, I had, I literally had this one guy say, well, as a Native American, I think bringing up any of this stuff from the past is pointless. Then why did you bring up that you're Native American? If you have no connection to your ancestry, which is in the past, then why even call you? I mean, who are you to call yourself a quote unquote Native American, which I don't call myself that, by the way. But... But when when I get confronted with somebody on Facebook or on Twitter or anyplace else, where and they say, "Well, I'm a native person," I think it's wrong to bring this stuff up. Then, why are you identifying as a people that have a history that's different than the other history? Then, then just call yourself a white guy or an American, a U.S. citizen, or whatever, you, or a patriot or whatever. Because anybody who identifies themselves as native people, you have to be. The only reason to identify yourself as a native person is because it it isn't just because you want separation or you want a privilege. It's because you're acknowledging the history that you carry with you. So when I hear somebody say, Oh, don't carry that history. Don't bring up that history. Don't mention Mankato, Minnesota. Don't mention residential schools. Don't mention the fact that native people are killed at a higher rate than by cop, even than black people. Don't even mention it because that was yesterday. 
No, it's today, it's tomorrow. And when we talk about things like removing statues, there's a reason. This isn't about burying history. It's about correcting history and telling some truth. I mean, I don't, I don't bring up the Mankato, Minnesota thing because I'm trying to steal somebody else's thunder. I bring it up because I think you can't evaluate and look at somebody like, like Abraham Lincoln as a hero and not acknowledge that this guy, and I'm being kind to just say he had character flaws. This is a guy who, who was responsible for the deaths of a bunch of people, not the least of which were native. So as, as I go through the history, I mean, understanding the history, it, it actually helps you understand why you have racists in office today. Why you, Andrew Cuomo you know, has, you know, harbors racism. Why Donald Trump harbors racism. All of that stuff in the past is why. Because they can't get past that. And, and, and of course, if, if racism, if, if there really was, and I've said this before, but if there really was such a thing as white supremacy, you wouldn't need to rig the game to give you benefit. If you were really superior, and if, if all of us people, black, brown, native, if, if we were all inferior to you, you wouldn't have to rig the system to, to benefit and, and to have more benefit than the rest of us. The fact that you have to rig the system might suggest that there's some deficiencies on your side. Maybe your bloodline is... Uh, is and I'm not, not, not going to go there. I'm not going to do the reverse racism. I'm not saying that, that we're superior to you. But I'll tell you, living through hardship the way Native people have, the way Black people have, yeah, we've got thick skin. But it doesn't mean that we don't get pissed. And it doesn't mean... I mean, it, it, this is one of the, the interesting things about, about Juneteenth. Early on during the, the Reconstruction era of the United States, which is that period of time after the Civil War, um, for the most part, former enslaved people were just willing to almost forgive what had transpired for you know for centuries you know over a century or a century uh with the united states but but for centuries before that they they were willing to to just move on as a, as fellow americans side by side with their with their white counterparts but most white people weren't having it and it wasn't just white it wasn't just racism in the south like i said you look at the massacres that what they call these race riots in the in the at the the early 20th century 1920 1913 up all the way up through there it was in places like new york and philadelphia and chicago it, uh, tulsa <laughs> memphis but it wasn't just southern cities it was northern cities too so that racism not only put it was put on full display during these massacres of black people in much the same way that native people were massacred but it, it would it would continue and like i said in new york city today you um, racism is experienced every single day every single day so i don't you know I have, I, I fully support Black Lives Matter. I fully support the celebration of Juneteenth. Um, but part of the reason I support Black Lives Matter is if you don't support Black Lives Matter, how do you change it for the rest of us? 
because there are there there are other people non-black but certainly non-white that need to support black lives matter for our own benefit and i don't need to say all natives all native lives matter i don't need to say all lives matter i don't need to say that because i i don't need to change what black lives matter represents if we continue that that struggle and to push it because i'm not trying i'm not saying you know this isn't about american this isn't about you know citizenship this isn't about civil rights it's about human beings and it's about fairness because you know there there is some distinction for me when i talk about fighting the fight for, as a native person it's for a free and independent existence it's not for equality i'm not fighting for equality but i will fight against inequality i don't want to be equal to a white man i don't want to be equal to an american but i also don't want inequality uh, imposed upon me so and there is a difference the other thing i I, last thing i want to say debate over um what a protest is a peaceful protest versus a non-violent protest they are not the same thing non-violent direct action doesn't mean stuff doesn't get busted up and i've said this before but so when i hear people say yes we should really promote peaceful violent uh, peaceful protest and i said no well yeah but non-violent protest and there is a difference and and you know so, so for those of you who don't understand it we, we can have a further conversation on the difference between a peaceful protest and a non-violent protest um because clearly people don't understand the difference and or some people don't anyway all right well that wraps it up i know it was a bit of a mixed bag today and uh, well we'll we'll see you back here on tuesday uh and we will be doing a show in new york next week we didn't do one last week because of uh, a preemption um so we'll see you back here on tuesday this is john kane this is let's talk native Yahweh.